It is the unnamed MMA podcast here on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. He is Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at one on one zero six three. Get all of his picks at FatJackSports.com. You can hear him on Vizen as well. He's the expert. He's had a pretty decent couple of weeks here in a row here as far as fights go. We're previewing UFC Fight Night, Volkov versus Aspinall. The heavyweights, the big guys, the, the, the six-footers, the over-six-footers, the slugfest. That's what we're in for this weekend is UFC Fight Night, Volkov versus Aspinall. Jordan, how's it going? Well, I mean, two things. First, yeah, I mean, we're in for a treat, even though it's, uh, you know, fights during the day. Uh, it's the first time that they're overseas in London in front of a live crowd. And the European fan base is awesome, especially when they go to Europe, especially when they go to, to London. They haven't been in, in the O2 arena since uh, Jorge Masvidal knocked out Darren Till uh, in, in a dramatic upset. So it's been three years since they've been there. But first... I just want to address the elephant in the room. Uh, you did not enter my uh, annual March Madness bracket. I, oh, I thought we were, we're friends. We're doing this? We're doing this? Okay. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed okay. in you. I thought like, I got I didn't even... like, my five or six go-tos at the station. You're one of them. I thought we were friends, but you know, no, whatever. no, no, no. We're both the podcast okay. together. And no, no, no. This is why we're friends. We're friends because I don't half-ass things, right? We're <laughs> friends because... I don't do like the only reason I have a bracket and it's on the fridge here. If you come to one ninety nine State Street, the seventh floor, it's on the fridge. It's on the fridge. I don't do a bracket. Chris Bleck doesn't do a bracket. You can hear Bleck and Abdallah weeknights at six o'clock. We don't do a bracket. We have Tyler Aki who hosts the basketball show uh, Basketball You with Brian Hanley. We don't. We have him fill out the bracket for us. I don't want to like half ass things and say hey. Oh, you know, this is what we're doing. Uh, I'm going to pick some teams that I know nothing about just to light 25 or $30 on fire or whatever it is, 50, whatever it is, however many shekels it is. I don't want to light them on fire. I'll gamble the games throughout the day, but I've never been a bracket guy. I've entered the bracket pool like three or four times. I've won once. It was awesome. <laughs> It was great. I was an intern. I needed the money. It was like it was like a month and a half worth of rent at the time too. So I was like, "Yeah, I can pay rent this month." And so, like, I, I just I don't do I had confidence picks for the tournament. Like, I just don't like a bowl pool for the college football. I'm in, you know. But like stuff, I don't really follow until tournament time. Like, I, I don't want to give you bad picks. Man, I wasn't and half-ass expecting it. like a whole novel and like reason. Like, you didn't do it. It's fine. You didn't want to do it. But there's reason it behind there. it. There's reason why I didn't do it. <laughs> like, there's, well, a, there's a good reason why I, I decided I don't participate. And everyone always comes to me like, Abdallah, you need to run the bracket pool. You need to run the bracket pool. And I'm like, I don't participate, so I'm not going to run it. Leave me alone. <laughs> let, me, let me light my money on fire during the, game, the individual games. Yeah, and a lot, there was a lot of that, at least for me, uh, on on Thursday early on, lighting, oh. lighting money on fire. That's okay. Hopefully everybody had Kentucky. Like yeah. hopefully everybody yeah. had Kentucky, and that's fine. But yeah, so while these games are going on on Saturday, make sure you've got another TV on UFC Fight Night or Fight Day for us. Fight Night over in England, but Fight Day for us. As a lot of these hometown guys are going to be there, we'll get into those guys in a little bit. You got Patty the Batty, who's going to be fighting. Who I need, we need to talk about him. I need to get a full yeah. in-depth mm-hmm. breakdown of his haircut and everything. Um, but we'll start with the main event. We'll start with the big guys, Volkov versus Aspinall. If you look at the odds right now, Aspinall is a minus one sixteen favorite 
Uh, Volkov right around even money right there. These are the big guys. Aspinall's 11 and 2 professionally. Uh, he's got eight, not eight wins by knockout, three wins by submission. He's a decent boxer. He's good at takedowns. He's like, I mean, it, to me, this screams, uh, Aspinall, especially with those short odds right there. We haven't had a conversation where you and I are on this podcast where a main event has such, uh, close odds here. Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing is that the the odds have flipped. Aspinall opened up like a plus one fifty underdog, uh, and people grabbed that right away. And I definitely agree with that assessment. I mean, Tom Aspinall has has been a prospect that the UFC has been I have been looking at for a very long time. He came up in the Bama organization. That's a very strong organization in Europe, in England. Uh, and look, you know, he, he he's been in there with with some of the guys. You know, he's been in there with Andre Olavsky and, and finished him via submission. Olavsky's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer and a former, uh, you know, two time UFC champion. Then he he just bested, uh, dusted Sergey Spivak. Uh, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago when he he, he got by uh, Greg Hardy. So, but now we get to figure out. All right, is is Tom Aspinall for real? Is the hype for real? Because Drago Alexander Volkov, you know, has been in the top five, top six of the of the heavyweight division for quite some time. You know. Loses to the guys that are in the top four or five, but is kind of in that gatekeeper role of that, that top five. And look, Aspinall is going to be very motivated in this fight, obviously fighting in front of a live crowd, fighting in front of his, his countrymen. He's got great boxing. He's got good stand-up overall, very good submission skills. He's just going to have, a, have to navigate the waters against a guy in Volkov that, that presents a lot of issues because he's, you know, six foot seven, long reach, also a very good boxer. Um, take down the fence is questionable. You know, really good wrestlers get him down. Um, I like Aspinall in this fight. I'm going to play Aspinall in this fight. I think he's worth the hype. I'm going to try it. I did not get him early because my attention was on the NCAA, but I'll, this is I'll still play him. It's at, fine. At a, yeah, I mean, but I'll play him at a dollar twenty. I'll play him at a dollar twenty-five. I'll probably also look at the under, just because he's been a finisher. I mean, eleven wins and all of them are inside the distance. Volkov is a guy that can drag it out a little bit uh, and is a tough out to, you know, to, to get the best of. He doesn't get finished a lot. Uh, he's actually notable for that, that brilliant last-minute finish at the hands of Derek Lewis in a fight that he was winning for like 14 minutes and 30 seconds, and then Lewis landed a haymaker and knocked him out. Uh, I think, in Houston a couple of years ago. So, But anyway, um, that's my play. Aspinall, I think he lives up to the hype. I think there's value at $1.20. Even if it jumps up to like a dollar thirty, I think he's just better everywhere. Uh, and at some point, we'll be able to, you know, get get Volkov out of there. So I, I think a finish also happens in the main event. Now this is a five round fight. Aspinall's never gone into the third round in his entire professional uh, career. Are you concerned about stamina or anything like that? Because if we're looking at method of victory here for these guys, Aspinall by knockout is plus two twenty. Aspinall by points is plus four twenty. And then if you want to go on the other side, uh, Volkov by knockout, Drago by knockout is 3-1 to one at plus 300. So if you're looking for a method of victory here, are you thinking uh, Aspinall by knockout? Or is this someone that maybe he goes down and he tries to you know, go to the submission because Volkov is not a very good uh, wrestler. So if you want to you know, take advantage of that and take advantage of the height differential, maybe you go and you, you work it that way. Yeah, well, that's a good point. And that's why I'm not so concerned about Aspinall's cardio heading into this fight that, you know, he might have to go into the deeper rounds, into those championship rounds, because Volkov is not going to present those grappling situations or, or takedown defense where Aspinall's going to have to work to keep the fight on the feet. Uh, he's got the advantage on the ground. 
And so he'll be comfortable there if it goes there. And I think if you're talking about a five-round stand-up fight, Aspinall will just be better because I think he is the better boxer. Um, so you're right, though. But Aspinall was, does, will have the advantage on the ground. I think you probably want to showcase a little bit of his wrestling and, and maybe look to, to get a submission and get Volkov out of there that way. Um, and, that, and that's why I think, again, there's value on him to win the fight. So uh, I don't have those pressing concerns. I don't have those press concerns like we had last week where we find out Magomed Ankalaev wanted to test himself and go five rounds. That's kind of bullshit that he did that. Killed my inside the distance. Killed my win by <laughs> KO over Tiago Santos. But whatever. I mean, dude, I don't know what the guy's mindset's going to be and what he wants to do, but I don't think Aspinall's like that. I think he's going to try and get a win, light up the crowd. That's going to be amped up because, you know, they've got, you know, fellow countrymen fighting on the co-main event and Patty the Batty you mentioned, so... Um, uh, again, I'll look for Aspen. I'll get the win and likely get the finish. And like, I, as far as, you know, we've been talking a lot about a, a lot of welterweight fights in the last couple of weeks. This finally is two big dudes. America loves a heavyweight, whether it's in boxing, whether it's in UFC, no matter what it is, America loves to watch two big dudes try to knock each other out. And that was what I feel like we're going to get unless, you know, Volkov tries to go and tries to do some wrestling himself because he doesn't think, you know, Aspinall has the stamina to go to five rounds. So maybe he tries to extend the fight into that fourth, into that fifth round and try to tire Aspinall out. But I'm hoping we see stand-up boxing. I'm hoping we see some form of knockout. I'm hoping we see some kind of fireworks as we're all going to be, you know, watching two TVs at the same time, maybe three TVs at the same time, watching, you know, some knockouts in the NCAA tournament, watching and hopefully not some knockouts here uh, in this matchup. So you're going Aspinall and the under in this fight. And if you want to sprinkle a little bit of Aspinall in the knockout, right? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I think, again, Aspinall's another special guy. He's an up-and-comer. He's a guy that could be fighting for the championship in a, in a, in a year or so. The UFC is extremely high on him. This is a showcase fight for him. And don't forget, too, you know, Volkov is, I don't know how much, but he's definitely dealing with the stuff overseas in, in, in Russia. Uh, mm-hmm. he, was, he was asked, his camp was asked, to get out of Russia early. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks back, he refused. He decided to stay in his home country. He's there. He looked good on the scale. He was actually the lightest he's ever been in about two or three uh, fights, which is interesting. But, uh, again, I think it's Aspinall and Aspinall all day. All right, let's move on to a featherweight bout between Arnold Allen and Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker has fought a lot of big names recently. Arnold Allen's looking for his ninth straight UFC victory. The issue here that people have been talking about for a couple weeks now is Dan Hooker has had to cut weight to try to get to uh, this fight, to try to get to featherweight. Do you think that affects any of this? If you look at the odds right now, Arnold Allen is about a minus 120 favorite, so another short odds here, minus 120 for him. Dan Hooker right above even money at plus 102, so just slightly above even money. But if you're looking at this one, how much of the cutting of the weight will affect this fight for Dan Hooker? I think it's a big factor. I mean, Dan Hooker went on record a few years ago and said he'll never cut back down to 145. That is just too miserable of a cut. Uh, he didn't like doing it. And then he, you know, he went up to to light weight and had, had some very good success there. And granted, he, he made weight and he was fine at the scale uh, on Friday morning. But like the dude had a mindset a couple years ago that he didn't want to go back to 145, and now he's going there. And he's a little bit older, and he's taking on a huge prospect in Arnold Allen. And you know, certainly the body of work is better for Dan Hooker. I mean, he's been in there with killers, Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler and Islam Makachev. But you know, Hooker's also what. Uh, one in three in his last four fights. Uh, he just got out of two, you know, he with two back to back fight of the like year caliber back and forth Rocky Balboa, Apollo Creed fights with 
Paul Felder and Dustin Poirier. Then he gets stopped by Michael Chandler in about 30 seconds. I don't like this fight for Dan Hooker because uh, Arnold Allen could, 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 I think, beat him anywhere. You better on the feet, and then I think Allen's going to take this fight to the ground. And Hooker's really struggled when fights get taken to the ground. We saw that in his last fight against Islam Makhachev, and, and I know what you're saying. Well, anybody's going to struggle against Islam Makhachev. Yeah, I would say I would say he he attended the fight with Islam <laughs> right, Makhachev. Exactly. I don't know if it was like that thing ended in the first round. It was by submission. Makhachev's a different animal. You kind of just attend fights with him. Right, exactly. But you know what, Arnold Allen is, is you know he hasn't been that consistent of a fighter. You know, it's been a while since we. To Assam, uh, you know, with his victory over Sadiq Yusuf uh, back in April of uh, last year. But again, this is another opportunity, another kind of local guy, uh, you know, to, to showcase his skills uh, in front of his home countrymen. Uh, and you know, Dan Hooker, it, it takes a lot for him to get there. You know, he's traveling over from from Australia and, and you know New Zealand. Uh, I just think Arnold Allen's better than everywhere. I, I wouldn't be confident in finish. I think Arnold mm-hmm. Allen is kind of a point fighter and a decision guy. Uh, but I think at a dollar ten. Absolutely, he's he's the play. So seven of Allen's last eight fights were by decision. Hooker's last three wins have come by decision. So if we're looking by points, if you want to get some value, Allen by points is plus one fifty five. Hooker by points is three to one. So if you're telling me you like Allen to win the fight and then maybe put Allen by points there at plus one fifty five, right? Yeah, I think you're gonna. But that's the type of play, like you know how it goes, like how how the night's going. Yeah, because like I, I could I could see Arnold Allen getting a finish. I mean, he's got submissions under his game. He just hasn't showcased it, you know, in the in the UFC. But I, I like I think he'll be able to take this fight to the ground when he wants. And and Hooker's been submitted, uh, you know, so we we've, we've we've seen that before. And so I, I just I just think it's it's safer because it was funny uh, against his last fight, Sadiq Youssef, who we just saw fight last week against uh, Bruce Bruce Le- Leroy, like. Sadiq Yusuf's a better fighter on the feet uh, versus Arnold Allen, at least heading into that fight. And Arnold Allen won the fight on the feet. So I think Arnold Allen's just going to let the fight come to him and under, you know, where's the fight going and then and just win it there. So that's why I just think strict money line, don't get cute with props unless you're having a really good day at the NCAA tournament, then maybe fine. Sprinkle on a finish uh, or submission went for Arnold Allen. I was going to say, Allen by submission is 10 to 1. I mean, how can okay. you not? How yeah, can you I mean, not okay, put a little on go. that? I mean, yeah, I, I threw out. I mean, I think I threw out one of those uh, submission props last week uh, with uh, Bruno Silva, sixteen to one submission prop. Uh, so, like, okay, you can do it, but I think again, you got to wait till you find out how the uh, the day's going so far. All right, so we'll go to Allen just to straight up win that fight money line. That works there. All right, this one I'm looking forward to. Patty the Batty, Patty Pimblet versus Vargas versus Kazula Vargas. So when you see these guys fight, Patty the Batty is. The Instagram guy. He's the Twitter guy. He's the guy that's talking all the smack. He's in with Barstool. I mean, this guy is all over the place, and he's a local guy. He's from Liverpool. That place is going to pop when he comes out. They love him. So, I mean, I I I like Patty Pimblett in this fight just because I think he's a better fighter. If you look at the odds for this fight, he is the favorite in this fight. He's minus 590, so he is a huge favorite in this fight over uh, Vargas here. So if you look at that, it's a plus 440 for him to win this fight if you want to go with Vargas. But but Patty the Batty, minus 590. I mean, you're going to have to look at method of victory here. Probably uh, I would say if you're looking at that, it's by submission at plus 160 if you're looking at that. But just this guy's persona, they've been talking back and forth. Vargas has said that he doesn't like that he's been talking crap uh, the whole time on Instagram and on Twitter and in the in the pre-game, uh, the pre-fight press conferences and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, he's got he's backing it up because he's a huge favorite in this fight. 
Yeah, he is. And I, how, have, you, have you not talked about his haircut? He's got the Beatles haircut. Well, he's got the, yeah, I was going to say, he's got that Beatles haircut. I mean, he just looks like, here's the problem. Patty, Patty walks into a bar, right? And everybody's had a few. The way, if you look at Patty, he's one of those guys where if you just look at him, he's got clothes on, he's got the full sweatshirt on and everything like that. He's just at a bar. You're like, who the hell is this guy? But then you're like, oh, crap, I just got beat up by a UFC fighter, right? Yeah. Like, he's one of those guys that's, like, very unassuming. Like, you don't think that he he is – that's why you don't get into bar fights. That's why he's I will never – He's the nerdy best friend in, like, an English romantic comedy. Yeah, that's fight. why I will never, ever get into a bar fight because you never know. He yeah. looks like a dude that's going to get worked by anybody at the bar. But then you're like, oh, crap, you're a UFC fighter. You just have an awful haircut. You look like a beetle. You're from Liverpool, and you talk a lot of shit. Like, that's just how he is right yeah that's exactly how he is the ufc has identified him a long time ago as a, as a big time prospect this is a showcase fight for him it's actually kind of funny i don't remember who specifically it was but there was a, originally a different opponent uh tap to to take this spot uh for you know um for vargas and uh it, it changed um this is similar to when uh conor mcgregor got a showcase fight in dublin in a main event uh and they knew he was going to be a big time star and here's an opportunity granted patty's not in the uh the main event uh you know but he's the featured fight and there's high expectations for him but the thing about it is here is is that you know vargas he's a veteran look he's 12 and 4 he's you know he's kind he's you know what is he he's one and two in the ufc should be two and one he got disqualified for an illegal knee in in a fight that he's wanting the dude hits like a Matt truck, and Patty Pimblett did take some strikes. His defense is questionable when the fight's standing. So while I think it's a showcase fight, I think Patty's going to win. He's likely going to win inside the distance. I'm just going to play the under at one and a half okay. because I do believe that Vargas could land a bomb and things could change dramatically in that fight. So I, I'm not uber confident that Patty's just going to go out and, like, completely wipe the floor with it um but i do agree with you if you need to play a prop you play the submission because patty definitely is well versed on the feet and on the ground yeah and if you're looking at that under one and a half that's minus 112 right now so you're getting pretty pretty decent return on that for minus 112 for both the over and the under so it's kind of split right there as far as vegas is concerned you know they believe this could go either way and the problem with that with with over under one and a half like you could lose that by two seconds you know, and like that's just so, like a ref just get involved. And he's like, eh, okay, now it's like, come on, man, what are we? Like, yeah. I have the under here. What are you doing? So I think I like uh, submission is plus one sixty, and you mentioned the under, and don't get like if if you listen to the un- unnamed MMA podcast, just words of advice: don't get into bar fights. First of all, they're not worth it. <laughs> They never end well. Second of Wait, all, have you ever been? Have you be, ever been in a bar fight? No, I've never been in a bar fight. The last time I was in a fight, I was in high school. Like that was the last time I was in like a real fight, like a okay. like a a stand up two dudes fighting. Like that was the last time. It was like freshman year of high school. All right, college for me, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm picking up what you put down. Was that a bar See? fight? Was that a bar fight at, no, uh, it was at U of a, I? A house party. Oh, a house party. Wasn't it cans at uh, U of I? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it cans at U of I. Uh, I did see a guy wearing a cam shirt yesterday at the Hardwood Hooky uh, car. Okay. There you go. Yeah. All right, so we're going to go Patty in the under uh, there at one and a half. 
Then we move to our next fight here. Don't get into bar fights. That's our word of advice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gunnar Nelson versus Takashi Sato should be a good fight here as well as you look at these two guys. But Gunnar Nelson is a huge favorite here at around minus 500. This is another welterweight fight. It's a lot of welterweight fights. You know, you've got the welterweight, a lightweight, a featherweight, and a welterweight fight here coming in. These two guys fighting for the first time in a long time. Uh, Gunnar Nelson hasn't fought in almost two years in a UFC fight. So you're looking at uh, kind of a little bit of rust for these two guys going into this fight, huh? Yeah, Nelson's like two years. Sato is is, is one year. Sato did not look good uh, in his weight cut uh, despite, you know, uh, being a year. And Gunnar Nelson's like an interesting cat. Dude's from Iceland, but he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt and fights a karate style. So he was also like one of those guys that was kind of on the come up along with Conor McGregor, trained with Conor McGregor, and people thought, you know, very big things with him. He also doesn't cut weight. Like, he just like fights at 170. He look, he's got a dad bod, really. Like, he, he just doesn't like go Whoa. through the, or the, he doesn't believe in weight cutting. So he Nothing walks around like, a, like, yeah, 175 and fights at like, you know, 170. So um, he's a whiz on the ground. Sato is a fish out of water on the ground, but there's, there's, there, there's not a, there's not a value in, Nelson to win. There's not a, a value in Nelson to to win by submission, uh, and I think Sato's a, a, a tough customer and a tough out. He's not like you know like a gimme fight, but mm-hmm. certainly uh, I, I think this fight should stay away because there's so many question marks about either Nelson or Sato and how they're going to come in with all that rust. And Sato's stepping in for Claudio Silva in this fight, and so. You know, I mean, obviously, it's not like he picked up this fight here in a couple minutes, you know, or like a couple days here or like a couple weeks here. They've known about this. But if you get Gunner by submission, if you have to play it, Gunner Nelson by submission here is minus 115 if you're looking for an advantage because he has such an advantage on the ground against Sato, who's taking this fight as a replacement fight, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Claudio Silva was supposed to be the fight, and that that would have been interesting because Silva's like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. A little bit older, but would have been fun to see those two guys grapple on the ground. Um, but again, you know, Rust worries me if you're a Nelson backer or like putting Nelson into a parlay. So I, I, I think this is the type of fight to be an intriguing fight. But you, you go and like you refill your beverage and don't worry about betting. <laughs> and then we've got uh, Luana Carolina and Molly McCann here. Molly McCann, the favorite at minus one forty six. Carolina at plus one twenty four. Here, this is a big fight. For these two women as you're coming in and also uh molly mccann like i mentioned you know this is a women's flyweight fight you know these are these are gonna be this is gonna be a fast fight right these are two women that can that can really fly all over the place when they get in the octagon yeah I, well it's carolina first oh, of all Carol- yeah, sorry sorry my fault. it's all good i'm just Bye. you know what it is it's this damn tournament I'm looking at South Carolinas. I'm looking at Coastal Carolina. Like, I'm looking at all the, and I'm just, I'm so locked in on the tournament on the Carolinas that I knew it was Carolina, but of course I saw Carolina. I've got my bracket right next to me as well, which is awful because Kentucky's gone. And so I'm focused on that, and I know it's Carolina. And of course, I said it to myself before we started, I'm like, Carolina, Carolina, Carolina. And of course we get to it and I screw it up. It's, it reminds me of like everybody calling Weber State Weber State. Yeah. Like, like you know, it's fine. Um, there's a couple of examples of fighters that I, I, I don't know what it is, but I think like in, in my, you know, reading of, of the fights and kind of handicapping and whatnot, there's a couple of fighters that I think are like, they think they're going to win just because they're like fighting at home and going to like feed off of the crowd. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, almost like essentially like take the advantage that you would handicap, um, you know, a college basketball regular season game, you know, two points, three points, you know, 
shed either way if it's a home or a road game. Like, and Molly McCann is one of those examples of fighters. Like, she's a good fighter. She's she she's a hard she's a hard working fighter. Like, she dirties up fights, looks for takedowns. I don't know if that's going to be enough against Luana Carolina. You know, which is her overall skill set, her, her striking advantage, being able to keep the fight on the feet. So I guess I would like a little bit worry maybe you know with some hometown judging and some hometown favoritism if this fight goes to the scorecards but mm. I, I just don't think meatball maui great nickname but is like is that good of a fighter and so uh, i almost looked at a dog here uh to tell to, to pull off the potential upset um uh makwan Ermerkani, who's on the prelims another example like mike grundy is like a hometown guy and he's gonna have his father i think in his corner um, and, which is motivational because first time ever, like that's happened. Like, but it's another example of like, I just, I just think that like, you can't rely on that. You got to go and fight the fights. And I think there's a couple of examples of that. And Molly McCann is certainly one of them. Yeah. So Carolina hasn't attempted a takedown in her last few fights <laughs> at all. She's got a Muay Thai background. Like you mentioned, she's, she wants to be in that kicking range, right? Like she wants to, she wants to spread this out a little bit and kind of work the kicks and hopefully catch you know, uh, Molly McCann in with her with her hands down and get that kick in and try to work that and get the knockout right. So if you're looking at Carolina by knockout, that's nine to one right now. If you're looking at some long odds on that and getting some value, what do you think of that? Or maybe even Carolina by points at plus one ninety five. Yeah, I think it's the plus one ninety five. Uh, I just think that like Molly McCann is is also a tough customer, a tough fighter to finish, uh, and the fight you know likely will be on the feet unless you know she can get get some takedowns there uh she's never been knocked out uh has mccann only one loss via submission and that was against an outstanding grappler and jillian robertson so um i i think carolina's a play and maybe a small play on the points you know take her by the points all right so an underdog there and then our final fight Ilya coperia and jai herbert you know herbert here again he's the dog but he is the home, a little hometown flavor here. If you're uh, if you're looking for, see, I, I don't want to say that there's going to be any favoritism. But if you're looking for a little hometown cooking, maybe this uh, on the dog here as well as Herbert is plus four twenty here on the money line. Yeah, I, this one I don't buy it because I think Tapiria is you know another one of those special talents, kind of similar to Patty Pimblett, uh, a guy, and you know Herbert's going to give Tapiria the fight that he wants. Herbert's a stand up fighter, a good Muay Thai kickboxer. Uh, not really well versed on the ground. I think either someone's lights are being put out or Herbert's going to get tapped. So uh, Tapuria inside the distance, Tapuria via submission, probably my two plays for that for that fight. Now, how much of a height uh, advantage or disadvantage does this pl- this play? Because if you're going to, uh, to Puria by submission, like you mentioned, he's five seven, Herbert's six one. So you'd be like, oh no, like that's that's an advantage for the bigger guy. But if you're a submission expert, it's more of an advantage for the smaller guy because you've got easier access to the legs, easier access to the takedowns, and you can get the fight to the ground faster and take down the guy that is six one when you're five seven. Yeah, I mean, there's gonna be some limbs for for Tapuria to grab, but I'll I'll ask you uh, I'll ask your hand handicapping question and counter with another handicapping question. So uh, Taperia and Patty Pimblett have been going at each other a little bit on social media. There was an altercation uh, a couple of days ago uh, and during fight week where Patty Pimblett threw uh, a bottle of hand sanitizer at Ilya Taperia. So, how dare uh, you? First of all, how dare you? He's not going to be well right by the English crowd, I'll tell you that. And if so. you're, you're Taperia, I mean, come on. He's just looking out for you. Patty's just looking out for you. He wants you to stay sanitized. He wants you to make sure that no one has any issues going into this fight. He's just taking care of him. I, I'm on Patty's side in that one. You can, I mean, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 look, I think it'd be wrong to go against anything Patty 
Petty does this week. That that's I'll say. I'll so say. if you're looking uh, to Peria by submission, you're getting plus one twenty five. Do you think that's the way to go? Uh, I do. I do. I think Herbert's a guy that, again, is going to struggle with the ground. Tapuri is probably not going to want to play around with the feet too much. Uh, and, you know, we, we have seen Herbert get, get submitted before, actually, uh, two fights ago against Hanoi Maitano. So, yeah, Tapuri via submission, the fight, the play. That is the main card. Anything on the undercard that should that people should uh, look at as they're also keeping an eye on the brackets, keep an eye on March Madness, keep an eye on the main card, but anything early on in this uh, undercard fight, which might start in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I will, well, it's, it's, it'll start at new, yeah, 11 a.m. Central, 12 Eastern. I've got, I do have via FatJackSports.com, I do have uh, two plays and one opinion on the prelims. Uh, one I'll talk about here. How can I not talk about the beer jute, Paul Craig? The oh, dude yeah. is an animal. I love him. The Scottish uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt against the minor Nikita Krylov. Paul Craig's an underdog. I think he can win the fight. I think Krylov sometimes fights a little stupid uh, and might look to take this fight to the ground, and that's, that is nonsense with a guy that's as well-versed with uh, being on the ground as Paul Craig. Uh, Paul Craig is, is the guy that beat Magomed and Kalayev the last second of their fight. After he was losing for 15 minutes or 14 minutes and 50 seconds, he got a triangle choke. He's the guy that broke Jamel Hill's arm. We know how good Jamel Hill is. Um, Krylov maybe goes to the ground this fight, and that's dumb. Paul Craig via submission. All right, so if you are keeping track at home, we'll go in reverse order. That's Tupuria by submission, Carolina by points. Stay away from the Gunnar Nelson fight. Take Patty in the under minus one or under one and a half rounds. Arnold Allen on the money line, and then Aspinall and the under in the main event. If people go to Fat Jack Sports and want to find your picks, obviously you just gave out some right there. We've given out a few here, but if you go to FatJackSports.com, it's tournament time. There's tons of stuff there on FatJackSports.com. What can people find there when they sign up? Yeah, you had winners. He had a bunch of winners yesterday. Uh, you know, he's got plays today. He'll have plays all throughout the tournament. Uh, he also has NIT plays and you know the, the CBE, the C, whatever those other tournaments are. CBI, couple, CBT, CBI. Yeah, yeah, a couple of those. Uh, and look, and you can have longer subscriptions. Like I don't just give out the, the fights every week. Like you can have a year long worth of uh, picks sent right to your phone uh, for every UFC fight. And, and look, they're basically every weekend. If not, they take one weekend off and then they're back at it for six consecutive. So uh, we're looking to build off a great profit. And we're continuing to do that. That is Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Woodon1063. He's got a big Illinois game coming up that he oh, wants boy. to watch. And uh, don't forget, these fights are early. I've made that mistake before. I've been called out on it before. Yeah, I called you out on that. I'm these... like, like, where was the text message? And you're like, what do you mean? They haven't. Yes, they already happened. These fights start early. The prelims start at uh, at 11 a.m. Central. So you've got basketball going on. You've got UFC fight night or fight day for us, Volkov versus Aspinall. I've been called out for not betting uh, picks here early during the day. I've been called out for not filling out the uh, the March Madness with Jordan. What are you? Anything else you want to call me out for while we're what here? What are you having you for lunch today? Uh, I just I made myself like a bagel sandwich. It's like egg cheese with some turkey okay. bacon. Fine. I can, I can respect bagel, bagel sandwich. sandwich. I got That's my uh, Alabama. It tips off around 3.15 for me today, so I've got that game coming up against Notre Dame. A lot going on this weekend. Oh, Alabama. Jack likes Alabama. Of I think, what, oh, right. six? Uh, no, they're a four-point favorite. 
Four, okay, giving four of them. Yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever the whatever the line was, he likes them. Yeah, well, they're playing Notre Dame. Notre Dame had that double overtime game two nights ago, and then they have to fly across the country. They they don't go very deep apparently, so they only play like seven guys. So, uh, yeah, hopefully an easy win for Alabama. But it's Alabama; they're never easy wins. They're not very good this year. But anyway, they're a football school. Uh, so that has been the unnamed MMA podcast. That's Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at one on one zero six three. I'm Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast.